0: you're excited for what god is going to do we are in chapter 13 all new king james if you're taking notes everything will be in the new king james please don't argue in the chat please don't debate in the chat if you have a disagreement it's okay we're all adults here don't be immature and start arguing with everybody so let me give you an overview of what we've already covered these last few weeks at the close of chapter 10, John was told to eat a little book and to prophesy, remember, about many people's nations, tongues, and kings. And chapter 11, John wrote about the rebuilding of the tribulation temple, the two witnesses, and the impact they're going to have on the world. Chapter 12, he wrote about Satan being cast out of heaven and how it's going to affect Israel and all the other believers in the world and now in chapter 13 John is going to tell us about the two main powers in the tribulation period and this is going to be the Antichrist who will be a great political power an actual person and the false prophet who will be a great religious power who's also going to be a person these are not figurative these are not resembling systems these are literal people and these two end time dictators are going to merge church and state and the results are going to be a one world order a one world system and a one world government so remember they're trying to build and as of right now is being built a one world system and a one world government the reason why we're seeing the start of a one world order is because the that's setting the stage for the Antichrist when the antichrist rises up in power he's going to be the leader of this one world system so together the false prophet and the antichrist are going to build a one world system now right now in our world today okay what day is it it is october 11 2021 we are already seeing a one world system being built we're already seeing a one world system being established a one world currency we already know we have that in cryptocurrency and many other things and i want to say this these systems are not inherently evil so for example bitcoin is a one-world currency litecoin a one-world currency dogecoin a one-world currency right all the cryptocurrency are one a one-world currency but it doesn't mean that they are demonic inherently these are all part of changing the thinking of our world changing the mindset of our world to become a one-world system so don't look at all these things and say, this is demonic this is demonic this is demonic these things have to happen friend before the antichrist and the end times so these are all part of bible prophecy It's part of conditioning the world to become a world world system. One world managements, one world laws, when there's global laws being placed, global taxes are being instituted and will continue to be instituted. This is a one world system. Let me give you an example right now. We have in our children's cartoons, we have in our culture, patterns of thinking ways of thinking that is being now pushed to the mass global system, the global world. So whether it's marriage, whether it's who Jesus is, whether it's whether hell, all these things are global ideas that are being agendas, being pushed on our children, being pushed on culture to make way for the Antichrist and the rise of the Antichrist. So the stage is being set right now of global worldwide systems. And the world is clearly merging into a world world system so that the antichrist can take over many world leaders are desperate for world peace but they believe it's impossible to have world peace without peace among religions so they believe if we're going to have world peace we need to also have religious peace and the way that they're going to make religious peace is by saying no one's allowed to say there's only one way so this is one of the things we're seeing right now. in agenda is you're not allowed to say there's only one way we all need to get along. We all need to be loving and secularist secularists call this global ethic. Okay. So they say everyone has to have one ethic, one system. Jesus cannot be the only way. The Bible cannot be the only way, but these are all things preparing the world. Remember, the world does not have a problem with Jesus. They have a problem with Jesus being the only way they want to believe Jesus is a way. But he's not the way so you need to recognize the difference jesus is the only way to the father so people say jesus is a way but not the way so when you change a to the that's what makes them mad they say there's no way that jesus you're you're bigoted you're you're narrow-minded you're just a hater if you believe jesus is the only way but as believers the pressure for us to bend for us to mold and for us to become this Accepting group of people where anything goes now. I got to be careful where I go here because I'm treading lightly But if you look at these mega churches and these big-time famous churches and you see them on television interviews They say is this wrong, right? Is this wrong? Is this a sin? Is this a sin? What they're going to do is they're gonna say well, you know, we don't judge people and God loves everybody that everybody talk is that one world order being established is that one world everybody has to get along there's peace with everybody but remember jesus didn't come to bring peace he came to bring a sword and he's coming back on a war horse to declare war on the nations and so if you're at a church where it's love everybody accept everybody sin is no longer sin everybody's saved everybody goes to heaven just pray a prayer this is that one world anti-christ anti-christ spirit that is in the body of christ and believe me many churches are being ran by an antichrist except everybody's spirit the spirit of acceptance and god loves everybody everyone can just do what they want to do is the spirit of the antichrist because jesus said there's only one way he said the road that leads to death is broad but the road that leads to life is narrow so be careful when you're at this easy smooth cappuccino Broadway type churches these are the spirits of the Antichrist that are coming into the church okay Revelation 13 verse 1. then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea having seven heads and ten hordes horns and on his horns were ten crowns and on his head was blasphemous names okay so we know satan is the dragon and the beast is the antichrist the beast the antichrist is going to rise up out of the sea of wickedness that is going to reign on the earth once the church is gone remember the sea also represents masses of people so as the antichrist rises up out of culture rises up out of humanity rises up out of the sea of wickedness he's taking his place now the ten horns are the ten rulers who will reign with the antichrist during the tribulation period the seven heads have double meanings there's seven world governments and they are seven hills where world religions will be placed and located so there's not just going to be one religion there's going to be multiple religions that all bring worship to the antichrist the ten crowns are the ten divisions of the last world government which we won't go into too deep here but the world is going to be divided the governments are going to be divided in ten divisions each division will have its own ruler and own false religions we know that the antichrist is going to take over three of those and then the other seven are going to give their power to the antichrist okay so seven heads these are the seven heads of world kingdoms or seven world governments the antichrist gets takes over three of them by force and then the other seven relinquish their power to the antichrist leading the antichrist to be the global one world leader okay each of the seven heads will have a blasphemous name because all seven world governments and their corresponding false religions will be noted for their wickedness these are absolutely noted they're going to be wicked rulers wicked kings and wicked religions the seventh head the seventh world government will be run by the antichrist his government will be subdivided into ten crowns ten major divisions which each division will have its own ruler the prophet daniel teaches that the antichrist will come up among the ten horns and uproot three of them these are the three he'll take by force which is in Daniel 7 7 through 8 and also verses 23 to 25 of Daniel chapter 7. There's some debate some people say the Antichrist will be part of one of the 10 uh, kingdoms or he'll be the 11th and he'll take place in power but I think that he's going to take over once the 10 have been established I believe the Antichrist will by force take three and then the other seven will give them his their their power Making him the head of the world government which started with ten whittles down to seven Ultimately, the Antichrist will lead these governments lead these worlds, but just know there's going to be subdivisions You don't need to know all this. These are just an overview here Revelation 17 reveals five of the kingdoms have fallen one is current and one has not come yet Okay, so five kingdoms have already fallen one is a current kingdom now and there's one that's coming prophecy experts all mostly all agree that the seven are the assyrian empire which has fallen the egyptian empire the babylonian empire the medo-persian empire the greek empire the roman empire and then the seventh is the united nations which will be ran by the antichrist and these are the seven that most prophecy experts talk about remember five have fallen one is current and one is yet to come. Many people believe Babylon is going to be rebuilt. If you've ever heard of Mystery Babylon, there's gonna be a rebuilding of Babylon from several nations. Okay, Revelation 13.2. Now the beast, which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and his great authority so the word beast represents either the antichrist or the antichrist government or system and in this verse it represents his government the government will be a mixture of three nations the antichrist will have complete control over these three groups and him, the group uh, which is the leopard he talks about the bear, he talks about These are the different groups that are going to come together for the Antichrist again These are speculation when we talk about this group is that group this group is this group I want to be careful not to get into speculation of what they exactly are But these are three groups of nations that are going to be strongest supporters of the Antichrist until he takes full control He's not just gonna overnight take full control of the world He's going to be working with these governments that the Bible says eventually will give him their power so don't look at one day the antichrist rises up and says i'm taking over the whole world during the tribulation he's going to slowly take over these kingdoms and then they will eventually relinquish their throne to him but remember i want you to notice in verse 2 it says the dragon gave him his power his throne and great authority so these this his power is coming from satan the antichrist is empowered from satan jesus was the incarnation of god in the world and the antichrist will be the incarnation of satan in the world so remember because he's the antichrist and because he mocks god and he tries to become like god the same way god seals his people and marks his people so the antichrist will mark his people the same way the lord is worshiped in praise and we have a government called the kingdom of god so the antichrist will be worshiped and praise and have a government called the one world order so everything christ does when you're reading the bible or looking at the book of revelation the antichrist is going to mock blaspheme and set up a counter remember there's a counterfeit trinity an unholy trinity i talked about before this is how the antichrist functions he doesn't have new things he's copying god so the antichrist will be an embodiment of satan he'll be empowered by satan i believe he'll be filled with satan and satan will rule and reign through the antichrist the same way jesus was god incarnate the antichrist will be satan incarnate scripture gives us seven characteristics i've done a bunch of videos before on the antichrist so i won't go into like 30 minutes of detail but scripture gives us seven i'm sorry eight characteristics of the antichrist he'll be an intellectual genius according to daniel 8 23. he'll be an oratorical genius according to daniel 11:36. he'll be a political genius according to revelation 17:11. He'll be a commercial genius according to Daniel eleven forty three 43 and Revelation 13 16. He'll be a military genius according to Revelation 6 2 and Revelation 13 2. He'll be a religious genius according to 2 Thessalonians 2 4 and Revelation 13 8. He'll be a Gentile according to Revelation 13 1. And he will emerge from a reunited Roman Empire according to Daniel 7 8, Daniel 9 26. So these are characteristics. This is not going to be someone that's dumb. He will be smooth. He will be in his talk he will be powerful he'll be persuasive he'll be convincing and he will claim and promise a one world peace and a one world government Well, obviously he'll not come through with that promise he'll be absolutely evil filled with satan himself and empowered by the dragon who is the devil this is the dragon revelation 13 3. and i saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast remember the head represents seven world governments but also understand that the Bible speaks of the Antichrist and his government interchangeably so the Antichrist will be given so much power that he will be the world government he'll be the world system so when you see the Antichrist he's the world system he's the global system so this verse talks about one of his heads being fatally wounded other verses of scripture tell us which head it is and how it will be wounded and the wounded head will be the Antichrist so when it says his head will be wounded it's actually talking about the antichrist either being killed or being fatally damaged by a sword but something's going to happen once he's fatally wounded he's going to be healed or scholars say resurrected so it's going to be appear, appear that he's killed by a sword and then he's going to be miraculously raised from the dead obviously are you getting the the parallel here another attempt To copy jesus to make the world think that the antichrist can do anything that christ can do so a mortal wound he's going to be killed by a sword and then he's going to be miraculously resurrected as not only a blasphemy and a mockery of jesus being resurrected but it's going to put the world into the world's trust into the antichrist They're gonna say the Antichrist is able to raise from the dead. The Antichrist has the power to raise from the dead. There's nothing the Antichrist can't do. And so these exploits we're gonna see and these gimmicks that the Antichrist is doing is all to put the world's trust in the Antichrist and out of Jesus Christ. He's trying to convince everybody that he's more powerful than God, that people need to worship him, that people need to praise him. If Christ can raise from the dead, here comes the Antichrist saying i can also raise from the dead revelation 13 4. so now that he's raised from the dead remember he's he's deadly wounded mortally wounded by the sword now the bible says the world marvels and they follow the beast why because of his great power but in verse 4 here's what they're gonna here's what the world's gonna do because of this act that happens so they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worship the beast saying who is like the beast Who is able to make war with him? So here's what I want you to notice in verse four. They worship the dragon who gives authority to the antichrist and they worship the beast so as they worship the antichrist they're also worshiping the devil synonymously or that's probably the wrong word but they're also worshiping the dragon at the same time and this is a pivotal moment for not only satan but the antichrist where unbelievers are going to be amazed they're going to believe that this is our new superhero this is our new world leader and they will be under some demonic spell to worship and praise and they will be encouraged to exalt him and to follow him even more so this whole pathway we see in Revelation 13 is to get people to follow the antichrist and at this point they're going to be willing to go to war with him they're going to be willing to do whatever he says whatever the antichrist says the globe the people that are alive on earth obviously besides the christians are going to do whatever he bids and you have to also remember satan also has all, simultaneously there we go that's what i was looking for not synonymously satan has also wanted to be worshiped we know this he told jesus worship me in heaven he looked to be worshiped he said i'm going to be worshiped like the most high so satan's goal has always been worship has always been praise and so he's going to begin to get what he's always wanted and that's going to be people worshiping him and when they worship the antichrist they're also worshiping satan So the, the resurrection of the antichrist will lead the world into satanic worship. This is what's going to be the catalyst to bring people to satanic worship. It will be the Satanism or uh, the satanic worship will be the one world religion, the worship of the antichrist. This is going to be the entire world outside the Christians that are being persecuted, martyred, hunted down. This will be the religion, the worship of the antichrist. Think of him as their Christ as their God this is the guy they follow this is the guy that they worship and Satan you might say well why would Satan let people worship the Antichrist he has no problem letting people worship the Antichrist because when they worship the Antichrist they're also worshiping Satan because the Antichrist God is power from Satan so those that worship him will also worship Satan And this adoration will lead to questions like, who is the Antichrist that can defeat him? Now, do you remember when the disciples saw Jesus walk on water and they said, what, or I'm sorry, they saw Jesus speak to the winds and waves and they said, who is this man? What type of man is this? The actual translation is, what type of man is this? But even the winds and the waves obey him. This will be the type of question that the world has when they see the Antichrist raised from the dead. They're going to say, who is like the Antichrist? who can defeat him this is like a word of adoration and this guy's mass power and he will enthrall the world in his power and they're going to recall this and they're going to believe that the antichrist is invincible making it even better when jesus defeats him by the breath of his mouth so even the other rulers and authorities will turn their authority over to him and they will hand him their power and they will give it over to him not people don't know exactly why they do this I believe it's because they don't have a choice. The Antichrist is taking over and they have no choice. They see a supernatural power and they willfully submit to him and they relinquish control. This is how it becomes a global uh, global leader is through these exploits. Verse 5, and he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Okay, so the Antichrist is given power, given a mouth, and he's given authority to speak for 42 months. The search for the world leader will be over. This man will be filled with pride. He'll be a know-it-all. And he's going to be the one that for 42 months is now given power. Remember, given power and given authority to rule. And in the midst of all of this, Jesus is still in complete control. So the world is not spiraled so out of the control that God can't do what he wants to do. Everything that the Antichrist has been given... The throne he's been given, the power has been given, has been given to him by the dragon. But remember, the dragon only has power because of Jesus. So Jesus, not for one second, is ever out of control. He's always been in control. He'll always be in control and he never loses and he's never lost control. So as the world spirals, God is still in control. These things must take place. The tribulation period will last seven years being divided into two. Three and a half year periods, which we talked about before, when this miraculous healing or resurrection occurs, the end of the tribulation period will be exactly 42 months away. So once this event happens, we know that we're 42 months away from the end of the tribulation period it'll take place about the time the Antichrist sits in the temple and declares that he is God it will also be about the time he sets up the abomination of desolation in the tribulation temple according to Daniel 9:27. and it's when Jesus said the Jews shall flee to the mountains in Matthew 24. it's the same time Daniel said the Antichrist will bring an end to the sacrifice and the offering in Daniel 9:27. and one thing you're going to see over and over again is the Antichrist is gave given granted everything he has all of his power has been given to him by the dragon by the one that's filling him giving him power he is merely a satanic vessel revelation 13 6 then he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name to blaspheme his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven so four, if you're taking notes four kinds of blasphemies will come from the Antichrist according to verse six he's going to blaspheme God he's going to blaspheme the name of God. He'll blaspheme the tabernacle of God, which is the church. And he'll blaspheme those who live in heaven. So those are the four blasphemies that come out of the mouth. So he's going to be anti-God, anti-church, and anti-anything that has to do with God. The father has to do with Christianity. He's going to speak against it. Now, one thing I want to tell you about when you look at him blaspheming and speaking against, this is not just like cursing at God the way you think of blasphemy like if you blasphemy this is not just resisting this is actually speaking against Christ speaking against God and convincing the world do not follow God do not follow those that claim to die and go to heaven so when he's blaspheming God when he's blaspheming those in heaven when he's blaspheming the temple of God this is him speaking against it now here you have this one world older order one world leader telling people do not worship God do not praise the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. This is him speaking and preaching against it. So when you see blasphemy, think of also preaching against it. And this will also be the tribulation saints will face the most intense persecution the world has ever known as the beast blasphemes God. Satan will give the antichrist power to conquer all those who turn to God and he'll go forth trying to wipe out Christians and millions of believers Christians that got saved after tribulation will be slaughtered by this one world satanic religion there will be no place safe for Christians the antichrist dominion or rule will include every tribe every tongue every nation on earth and everyone must submit to him or be killed that will be your choice it will be a one world order submit to the antichrist now if you submit to the antichrist have you given to the system now you might say why are you even preaching on this because people will be watching this video in the tribulation I really do believe that but if you submit to the antichrist you are denying God denying Christ following him and you're not going to be persecuted the way that those that don't are persecuted so it's going to be the easy way out to submit to the antichrist it's going to be the easy thing to do just like in other parts of the world right now those that follow God are persecuted those that follow God during this time will be the most incredible persecution the world has ever seen verse eight all who dwell on the earth Now I want you to notice the wording John uses he's not exaggerating all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundations of the world so John is showing us something here that during this time period the entire world is going to worship the antichrist this is the one world religion except for those whose names have been written in the lamb's book of life when were they written be from the foundation of the world now it's difficult for us to imagine the entire world worshiping satan but this is how it's going to be and the only ones that will not worship the antichrist are those whose names before the foundation of the world have been written in the lamb's book of life so understand that God is all-knowing He's already entered the names. He already knows who's going to worship the Antichrist, who's going to fall and who isn't. But the difference is God pre-knowing is not God pre-causing. So I want you to know just because God knows something doesn't mean God causes something. If I know that tomorrow at three o'clock, you're going to get into a car accident. Does that mean tomorrow at three o'clock i'm going to cause your car accident no it's me pre-knowing not me pre-causing so when you think about predestination again don't want to go deep into that just understand that it's not god causing all this verse is saying is god already knows everyone that's going to be saved God already knows from the beginning, every single person that's going to be saved will be saved. And so during this tribulation period, God knows every single person that's going to worship the Antichrist and every single person that's not. So the entire world, John says, is going to worship the Antichrist, except for those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Revelation thirteen nine. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. Now, here's what I want to show you. At the end of each of the seven letters of the seven churches, John said, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. But right here, we don't see John say, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. John has left this out as another indication that the modern church age, that's us, will not be there during the tribulation period. So this is another indication of a pre tribulation rapture because John takes out the wording those that have ears, let them hear what the spirit is saying to the church. John says, I'm not going to say that because the church is not going to be here during the tribulation. There will be tribulation saints. These are believers that have got saved after the tribulation, but this is not the modern church. So if you're saved right now and you continue to serve the Lord, you will not be here during the tribulation period. But I want you to notice that in Revelation 13, 9, John does not talk about the church like he's done in the past. Revelation 13, 10, he who leads into captivity shall go into captivity he who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword here is the patience and the faith of the Saints interesting verse but it has a double meaning if the tribulation Saints kill someone in self-defense They will also be killed in the same manner and if an unbeliever kills a tribulation saint he will also be killed in the same manner so sin is going to have a reward in the tribulation and this is the way it was in the old testament and they called it an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth the new testament says whatever a man sows he will also reap and so this is what we're going to see during the tribulation if you kill someone this is what the verse is saying you're going to also be killed in the same way So in the Old Testament, a person who killed was put to death. This is going to be the type of way that it is. These days, if you murder someone, you get like 10 years, 20 years. You do half that on good behavior. During the tribulation, God says, if you kill someone a certain way, that's the way that you're going to be killed, and God will see to it that that's the way that it is. It's not going to be this lenient world system where you can kind of do whatever you want and go to prison. It's going to be an I for an eight I type of system. Revelation 13:11. Then I saw another beast. Okay, so now we see another antichrist figure. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon so john sees a second beast who's called the false prophet the first beast comes out of the sea the second beast comes out of the earth the sea is a symbol of the masses of humanity well the earth is the symbol of the land of israel So it's important to remember these will be the two places. The world will have two main places to focus on during the tribulation. One of those places will be the revived Roman Empire. That's in Revelation 6, 17 and 18. This is that one world government. The other place will be the land of Israel where there will be the Jewish temple, the 144,000 sealed Jews and the two witnesses. So understand that those will be the two areas of focus. So the first beast will have 10 horns. The second beast will have two remember lambs don't have horns so except for this two horns the second beast the bible says will look like a lamb he'll look peaceful he'll look kind okay so he's going to try to imitate the lamb of god but he's going to be a sheep in wolf's clothing and he's going to be the religious type of antichrist so the antichrist will be this great political power he's going to be the false prophet will be the religious side of it revelation thirteen twelve um and he also the first beast will get his power from the dragon the second beast will speak like the dragon so he's not going to get his power necessarily the way that first beast does but he's going to talk about like the dragon and remember the dragon will i'm sorry he's going to talk like the beast and remember the beast talks about acceptance diversity love all these type of things he'll talk like that the bible says verse 12 and he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast Whose deadly wound was healed so now the Bible says the second beast who's the false prophet will have as much authority as the Antichrist he'll be a third member of the satanic Trinity but he'll not use his great authority to exalt himself so he's not going to bring worship to himself but he's going to use his authority to bring worship to the Antichrist so he's going to bring praise and honor to the Antichrist and instead of um loving acceptance of everybody he'll also try to change the world's belief so he's in charge of getting people to worship the one world order so the antichrist political power world politics the false prophet religious power getting people to worship this religion so one world order and then also one world religion and that's where the false prophet is in control he'll order everyone to worship the antichrist and he will not hesitate to use force whose deadly wound was healed, refers back to Revelation 13.3. He's reminding everybody the Antichrist's deadly wound was healed and he's come back to life. So he's going to keep reminding people of that. That will signify the power of the Antichrist. It will will also reveal that the false prophet will claim to be a healer and a miracle worker. He'll be what Jesus said. Remember in Matthew 24, 24, Jesus said for false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So the false prophet is the satanic counterfeit of the Holy Spirit. And just as the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to give glory to Christ and appoint people to worship God, the chief ministry of the false prophet be to glorify the antichrist and to lead people to worship the antichrist remember jesus said the holy spirit will glorify me so the same way the holy spirit glorifies god the false prophet will bring glory to the antichrist so you have to understand the false prophet will do signs and wonders he will have power to perform these miraculous things and this will be something to also convince the world to worship the antichrist and to worship his power he's going to order followers to honor him and he's going to set up an image or a statue of the antichrist and they're going to gladly do whatever he commands whatever he says he's the right-hand man of the antichrist he's the spokesperson they'll do what he says revelation 13:15 he was granted power to give breath to the image of the Beast that the image of the Beast Beast should both speak and cause as many would not worship the image of the Beast to be killed okay so he's gonna have power to animate some type of statue or some type of image and then also he has power to kill those who don't worship the Beast so you think of Nebuchadnezzar who the Bible says had power over the Nations the tongues the tribes. If you don't worship the, be, the image that Nebuchadnezzar set up, you had to be killed. Of course, we know Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't worship. This is that type of thing. There will be some type of image, statue. We don't really know. All we know is he's going to have the power to animate it, to make it come to life, and to give it breath so that the statue or the image will actually speak and come to life. Again, this is going to be him bringing worship to the antichrist now we don't know if this will be technology demonic possession we just know that it's going to be this big performance he puts on where the statue or the image is going to speak and he will proclaim all those must worship if you don't worship you die so this is a mass order for the whole world to come into this world religion and if you don't obey then you're put to death in the tribulation so Paul warned us about it in second Timothy three, one saying perilous times are going to come. And for believers, this will absolutely be a perilous time where we're, where people are forced believers are forced to worship. It could be a robot. We don't know. It could be a statue, but he's going to make it animate and he's going to bring it to life. He's going to be a religious leader, a pretender, and he's going to get people to break the laws of God. He's going to be responsible for uncountable deaths among christians again he's going to get all those to worship the antichrist um some of his characteristics are he's the right hand man of the antichrist he comes out of the earth meaning most likely he'll come from israel he will be like a lamb he will speak like a dragon meaning his words are demonic in nature he will have the authority all the authority the Beast has he will force the world to worship the Antichrist he will perform miraculous signs and wonders calling down fire from heaven and his power is going to come from Satan so the same way that we see fire called down from heaven if you look at what Elijah did the false prophet is also going to do lying signs and wonders he's also going to impress people calling down fire from heaven and doing mighty exploits Revelation 13 16 through 17. he causes all both great and small rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or their foreheads. And that no, no one will buy or sell except one that has the mark of the beast or the number of his name. So here's a false prophet. He's going to mandate. Everybody must take a mark. If you don't take the mark on your right hand or on your forehead, you are not able to buy or sell. So remember when Cain killed Abel, God put a mark on him to protect him. And since the days of Moses, jews would wear small leather pouches called phyla phylacteries uh, it's hard to say the name but they would wear them and they would strap these around their foreheads or they would strap these on their left hands and these small pieces would have the word of god in them to symbolize the word of god on the mind and when they put their hands like this cross their hands the word of god on their hearts and this is that type of thing that the mark of the beast is going to portray they're going to put it on the forehead why because that's going to be the mind that's going to be controlling the mind of the world and also worship having the antichrist on your mind or on your hand pledging allegiance to the antichrist in revelation 7 2 through 4 we read about an angel of god that will mark one hundred and forty four thousand jews on their foreheads in chapter 14 we'll see that they have the name of the father jesus's father on their foreheads again god marks his people God seals his people. Here comes the Antichrist also doing the same thing, sealing his people and sealing his followers with a satanic mark. Again, he's a copycat he does things to try to copy what God does God seals and marks his people the Antichrist marks his people this is the pledging of allegiance to the Antichrist and those that cooperate will receive privileges like buying and selling like getting groceries like getting medical supplies it will be incredibly hard to live without being able to buy and sell a couple reasons for the mark Number one, to counterfeit the mark of God that was given to 144,000 Jews to extend favor to those who support the one world order. So this is like, look, if you support the one world government, it's all about getting people to support. It's all about bringing them into the system. Then look, you take this mark, we're gonna give you favor. You'll be able to buy and sell. It'll also identify those that are not part of the one world order so that the government could eliminate people so that if you don't have the mark, you automatically get killed. It's a part of marking them to know who's a part of the one world order who's not it'll also be used to track or to control people and commerce so they'll know who's buying and selling what is your ID number all this type of stuff it'll also force people to stop worshiping God and force them to worship the Antichrist it'll permanently tie you to the kingdom of the Antichrist and those who take the mark will face the wrath of God according to scripture now you might say Isaiah I'm in this broadcast I get these messages all the time I'm afraid that I've taken the mark of the Beast but I want you to not be afraid you haven't taken the mark the mark is something you choose to take it will not be accidental it will not be forced upon you you'll have to choose to take it people are saying I'm frozen on Facebook hopefully I'm not uh let's see hopefully we're going smooth maybe refresh it if you're on Facebook refresh the feed but it's not going to be something you're tricked into making it's a con- conscious willful decision to serve the Antichrist and to worship him so the vaccine is not the mark of the beast number one the beast is not revealed yet the antichrist not revealed it we're not in the tribulation and people say oh i accidentally took the vaccine and i must be the mark of the beast or i took the vaccine i didn't know it was the mark it will not be like that it will absolutely be a willful decision not just to take a mark but to follow the beast system by taking the mark you are pledging your allegiance to the beast okay so the mark of the beast will be something you choose to take it'll be conscious remember revelation 19:20, and the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who is in its presence had done the signs which deceive who those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped its image they were thrown a lake of fire so the mark of the beast and those that worship the worship and the mark Go hand in hand together. The mark is also an imprint on your body. It's an actual mark. It's not something that will be injected, it will be something that is marked on you. Revelation 13 16. It also causes both great and small, rich and poor, free and slave to be marked on the right hand or the forehead the bible describes it as a mark on the outside of your body so this is some type of tattoo the greek word for when it talks about taking the mark means a stamp or a mark on the outside so i don't know it'll be some type of tattoo barcode we don't know but it'll reveal to people you're a part of the system it's not going to be inside you where people can't see it now if i walk up to you am i able to see if you've taken the vaccine no i'm not able to visibly see again i don't want to go into this because i've already made a whole video on this It's not the vaccine it's not a vaccine it is a mark okay also the beast must be revealed before you take the mark you cannot take the mark of the beast if there's no beast to take the mark for or else it wouldn't be the mark of the beast so the beast has not been revealed understand it can't be that Um, again I know people are trying to make it what they want to make it here's the deal guys just because something's mandatory doesn't mean it's the mark of the beast if there was a law tomorrow saying it's mandatory that everybody has their house painted white you can't go around saying oh man this painting our house white is the mark of the beast just because something's mandatory doesn't make it something so we don't want to take what's happening in the world and then take the bible and make them say what we want them to say we need to stay biblical and we need to understand the order of scripture that the mark of the beast has to come after the Antichrist there's no Antichrist yet he hasn't revealed himself so please guys be civil in the chat I know some of you don't like this I know some of you are like no it has to be you're wrong but I want you to just make sure that you stay biblical and you don't get caught up in conspiracies and what's going on they've been saying just so you know That things are the mark of the beast for hundreds of years so don't think that it's a new thing people are saying it's the mark of the beast they've been saying it for hundreds of years when the barcodes came out they thought that was the mark of the beast so please 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 stay biblical and use wisdom revelation 13 18. here is wisdom this is what the bible says here is wisdom let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for its number is Is the number of a man his number is 666 and this is what I want to show you John Hagee said about this verse he said the information about how to identify the Antichrist is no practical value to the church since we will be on the balconies of heaven watching this time take place until he's revealed this cryptic puzzle is not intended to point a finger at some unknown person it is however intended to confirm to the world someone already suspected as being the antichrist and in the adultery uh, idolatry of the end time the number of a man is fully developed and the result is 666. so here's what john Hagee is saying the reason why the bible says use wisdom to be able to Understand to calculate the number is so that when people are in the tribulation They're going to be able to know who the Antichrist is. It's not for us to know. It's not for us to say Oh, it's this person or it's this president or it's this leader or this dictator It's for those in the tribulation to know who it is so that they're not deceived. Okay chapter wrap-up the dragon will give his power and authority to the antichrist so the world will be deceived and worship the dragon the antichrist will receive what appears to be a fatal wound but will be healed or resurrected and the world will marvel at the miracle and follow him the false prophet will then perform miracles to deceive the earth's inhabitants into worshiping the antichrist the false prophet will have people build an image of the antichrist and worship it and anyone who doesn't worship the image remember it'll be animated he'll be able to have power to give it breath will be killed those that don't worship the image or the idol or the statue we don't know exactly what it will be but it'll be some type of animated thing everyone who worship anyone everyone who worship wishes to buy or sell will be forced to take the mark of the beast this mark is a man's number six 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 okay now we're gonna go to chapter 14 this will be the last chapter we go over tonight because we're 41 minutes in we're gonna go over chapter 14 it's not a long chapter verse one then i looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads so now John's going to give us more detail into who these 144,000 Jewish evangelists are so after after the rise of the Antichrist and the false prophet is revealed to him John sees Jesus who is the lamb standing on Mount Zion in Jerusalem with 144,000 Jewish evangelists gathered around him. These 144,000 are those believers who will have the name of Jesus' father, the Bible says, written on their foreheads. Now, God is showing the world a great miracle. Jesus will seal the 144,000 Jewish evangelists between the opening of the sixth seal and the seventh seal. The seventh seal will produce the seven trumpet judgments, and during the seven trumpet judgments, one third of the earth's trees will burn up one-third of the sea will turn to blood one-third of all the ships will be destroyed one-third of all the fresh water will be polluted and one-third of the light of the sun and the moon will be diminished the Antichrist will kill multitudes try to eliminate the Jews and try to stop the preaching of the 144,000 but these Jewish evangelists not even one of them are going to die they will be unkillable they will not even be afraid and they'll hold services in the middle of the open because no one can kill them the name of God will be written on their foreheads and this will preserve them and protect them from the judgments that God is sending and the attack of the Antichrist and the follow and his followers so these will be those that preach the gospel and they will be unkillable they will be invincible God will protect them and this is what John is seeing the Lamb of God on Mount Zion standing with all these Jewish evangelists Revelation 14:2. and I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters and like the voice of loud Thunder and I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps so, singing will be heard in heaven for the 144,000 who are now standing unhurt on Mount Zion, and they alone will have survived the disasters of the Antichrist and the false prophet, and their singing will be like the voice of many waters the great seer multitudes of people is what it's talking about like the voice of loud thunder remember that's the voice of god in revelation 10 3 we talked about and harps which harps represent a calming and a soothing sound so this is what you're seeing a voice from heaven this is a sound a a big celebration and a big worship service that they're going to be hearing revelation 14 3 they sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one can learn the song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. Okay? So now God is taking these people, they're the only ones who are able to learn the song is 144,000 the heavenly multitude is now singing a new song before the throne the four living creatures and the 24 elders and no one will understand the song except for the 144,000 now when we sing songs we oftentimes don't understand what the writer went through or what they're trying to convey we need to we would need to be there or talk to them to understand and these 144,000 God has enabled them to understand the song because they've been notice redeemed from the earth So, this is their redemption. This is God saying, You've made it. I've sealed you. You've done your work. These will be those Jews that have accepted Jesus as the Messiah. Remember, again, we don't know exactly who these people are. We just know that they're Jews who have accepted Jesus as the Messiah, and they're going to be marked by God. Revelation 14, 4. These are the ones who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who followed the lamb wherever he goes these are the ones who are redeemed among men being the first fruits of god to the lamb now this is a very controversial verse i tried to do a lot of research on this some say that they're going to be celibate others say that they're not going to break their marriage vows or they're going to remain unmarried others say that it's talking spiritually that they will not commit spiritual fornication by worshiping idols and the teachings of the false doctrines it's difficult to say we don't know will they be celibate will they be unmarried or will they just not spiritually you know, fornicate spiritually. No one really knows what it's saying, but we do know that they're going to be faithful to God, that they're going to remain pure. And in a world of spiritual fornication and immorality, they're going to walk according to God. They're going to follow the lamb, the Bible says, wherever he goes, meaning they're going to stay in the presence of God. They're going to obey his voice. They'll not stray from his teachings. They were redeemed from among men, which means they've been purchased by the blood of Jesus, just like you and I, and they are going to be the first fruits to God and to the lamb means they're going to be the first Jews to be saved during the tribulation period with more fruit to follow some believe and this is not a bad theory that the 144,000 will be the first 144,000 Jews that turned in the Messiah during the tribulation period and those first fruits it talks about will be those that are marked with the seal of God and God will set them aside for his purpose to preach the gospel during the tribulation Again, we don't know who they're going to be exactly. We just know they will be Jews and some believe it'll be the first 144,000 that get saved. Revelation 14, 5. And in their mouth was found no deceit for they are without fault before the throne of God. So truthfulness will be their character. They'll be characterized by their truthfulness and they'll have nothing to do with the lies of the Antichrist or the counterfeit doctrine of the false prophet. So what the Bible is saying about them is... They didn't give in to the world order. This one world system that was being pushed on them, being pushed onto the people, they never gave in. Out of 144,000, not one of them turned their backs on God. Now you might say, well, is it possible for them to turn their back on God? Well, it was possible for Satan to rebel against God in heaven. So yes, I believe it'll absolutely be a choice if they want to rebel just like Satan did in heaven, they can. But the Bible's making it clear not one of them rebelled, every single one of them followed God, and every single one of them had no deceit and there was no f- fault found in them. Some of the characteristics on of the 144,000. They stand with Jesus on Mount Zion, they are marked on their foreheads, they understand this heavenly song, they keep themselves pure, they follow the lamb wherever he goes, they are purchased from among men, they are offered as first fruits to God and the Lamb. And no deceit was found in their mouths. That's the that's the characteristics of the hundred and forty-four thousand. Revelation fourteen six. Then I saw. Now here's where things are going to get a little bit more dark and a little bit more crazy because now we're going to start seeing some angels take place here or take role here in Revelation fourteen six. Then I saw. This is John. Remember. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, and every people. So this is the first of several angels we're going to see in this chapter. Just when Satan, the antichrist, and the false prophet think they're going to take over the world, God sends angels to make sure his plan stays on track. So today, like right now, the church is responsible to preach the gospel and to proclaim the gospel. But during the tribulation, after the rapture, remember... Angels will also be preaching the gospel because the church will be in heaven. God is going to use the hundred and forty four thousand Jewish evangelists the two witnesses and Angels to preach the gospel. So God's gonna go through incredible lengths to make their make sure that the gospel is preached to people. God's gonna go through incredible links. There will be opportunity after opportunity for people to resist the Antichrist and to get saved. Now, I know there's a lot of people that say the reason why they're not pre-tribulation is because in pre-tribulation, you know, how are people gonna get saved during the tribulation? But God will give them plenty of chances to be saved during the tribulation. And I want you to notice the Bible calls it the everlasting gospel. I know there's people that say the gospel of John or the gospel of this or the gospel of judgment or the gospel of the kingdom. The everlasting gospel is the gospel that will be preached. This is the gospel that we're called to preach. Revelation 14:7. saying with a loud voice, fear God and give, to, give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. So this is going to be what they're preaching. Fear God and give him glory. Praise the one. His judgments come. Like, guys, this is your last chance to praise him, to worship him, to serve him. Here comes the judgment of the Lord. And now this angel is proclaiming, worship the God who made the heavens and the earth. So this is, again, the angel preaching, giving people a chance. And this is what the choice they will have. Two choices. They either believe the Antichrist believe his lies and worship him or fear God and give God glory. There will be no room for partiality in the, in the last days in the tribulation, people are going to have to choose a side. They're going to have to choose what they're going to do. You'll not be able to live like you do now in the middle ground. You're going to absolutely come on, share this. Let's get to, let's break 4,000 again. You're absolutely going to have to choose the side that you're on now. Choosing the antichrist will lead to spiritual death, but physical death and and also physical death but choosing God will lead to physical death but spiritual life so you're gonna have to make a choice you either die spiritually and physically or you choose to follow God you die physically but you don't die spiritually Revelation 14 18. and another angel followed saying Babylon is fallen Babylon is fallen that great city because she has made all nations drink the wine of the wrath of her fornication so Babylon is known as the city of Satan, has a long history of idolatry, astrology, witchcraft, all these occult practices. It's the birthplace of many false doctrines and religious religions and goddess worship. And remember in Acts 2.13, the new believers were accused of being drunk on new wine, but they were actually filled with the Holy Spirit. In that chapter, wine was a symbol of the Holy Spirit, okay? In this chapter, wine is a symbol of fornication and is referencing a this demonization of the world this one world system and that this babylon is making the world drink of, making the nation's drink of this wine as basically what it's saying is that babylon is forcing her satanic inspired false religion on the world so this is a forcing of the world system we're talking about here and babylon has died out many centuries ago babylon does not exist but many people believe babylon will be the 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 system or the order that will be reestablished one of the kingdoms remember there's one that's going to be rebuilt everyone or most people not everybody but most Bible scholars believe it'll be Babylon or mystery Babylon some call it but Babylon is no longer uh, or um, a system or no longer how should I say a kingdom it's fallen but it'll be restored many people believe in the last days okay so um Babylon Has always had a fascination with the occult and and false system so there's no wonder why the bible talks about it um verse 19 i'm sorry verse 9 of of chapter 14 then a third angel followed saying with a loud voice if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand so a third angel is flying through the air with an announcement and this announcement is about the antichrist the worship and taking the mark so the first angel preaches the gospel pleads with people to worship god the second angel announces babylon has fallen and the third angel is warning people to not take the mark of the beast Now, you're saying how are people going to know not to take the mark there's literally an angel that's flying saying do not take the mark of the beast revelation 14 10 he himself shall also drink. So those that take the mark, he himself shall also drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone and the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. So he says, this is what's gonna happen. If you take this mark, if you take this thing, if you drink of the wine of her fornication, if you drink of the wine, you're not only drinking of the wine of Babylon, you're drinking the wrath of God. And the torment will be unimaginable, okay? It's gonna be a torment like you've never experienced before. So everyone should heed this warning. If you take this, if you worship, here's what's gonna happen. Part of this awfulness, the burning in the lake of fire and going to hell, is also, and the suffering is also, you're gonna suffer in the presence of the holy angels and you're gonna suffer in the presence of the Lamb. So you're suffering in the presence of the angels that warned you and in the presence of the lamb who died for your sins that could save you so again can't fully understand or explain this verse but there's some type of torment among these angels and among the lamb and basically as you're being tormented in this burning sulfur you're seeing the one that could that wanted to save you and you're seeing the ones that also warned you of hell so it's a very very tormenting thing the ones that tried to get you to prevent it and the one that died for you will be there as you're tormented revelation 14 11 mean, the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name so this is obviously talking about being in hell and the smoke of the torment rising forever and ever again guys if you take the mark i've said this before there's no there's no repentance for you after that there's no redeeming you you have now taken on the full wrath of god You've pledged your allegiance to the antichrist and the torment is eternal taking the mark is irreversible you are now destined for the lake of fire if you take the mark of the beast verse 12. here's the patience of the saints here are those who keep the commandments of god and the faith of jesus um sounds complicated but basically god is saying that the antichrist reign is coming to an end there will be believers that are basically faithful and god is commending those telling those you need to endure, you need to keep my commandments, you need to re- remain faithful. There's not much for believers to be able to do during the tribulation other than remain faithful to God, keeping his commandments even unto death. The beginning of Revelation we see that those that are serving God even unto death, they didn't love their lives. So that will be the only way to survive the tribulation is if you love God more than you love your very own life. If you love your life and you cherish your life, you'll not survive those coming those days of the tribulation verse 13 of revelation 14 then i heard a voice from heaven saying to me right blessed are the dead who die in the lord from now on yes says the spirit That they may rest from their labors and their works that follow them so this is a a a message of assurance and hope to those that are working to endure the tribulation period god says there's a blessing for you there's a reward for you those that have labored and there's going to come a time where you're going to die and be with me so it's it's you're going to go through torment you're going to go through grief but when you enter heaven there's going to be a reward of your works verse 14. Then I looked and behold, a white cloud and on the cloud sat one like the son of man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand, a sharp sickle. So remember there's a day coming where Jesus will take a seat in the clouds. He'll wear a golden crown and hold a sharp sickle. The crown identifies him as King and the sickle will signify that there is a coming harvest. The scripture teaches that Jesus will come back in the clouds as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in Matthew 13 39 through 42. Says the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. So, what we're talking about now: the Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness will be cast in the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So, Jesus is talking about. The time that we're in right now in Revelation 14, 14, that this massive harvest is happening where the angels will go and harvest the earth and throw and many will go into that furnace of fire. It'll be a terrible day for the lost, because it'll be their last day on earth, but their destiny will be sealed in eternity as well. So not only do they you die once but the Bible talks about the second death because you die your physical death, come on, share this, we're almost at 4,000, but you also have your place in the lake of fire, verse 15. Now we're seeing these angels that are bringing judgment. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice, saying to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So as Jesus appears in the clouds, an angel comes forth from the heavenly temple, urges Jesus to take his sickle and reap, Because the time of judgment has arrived and the harvest is ready now the greek word for ripe means totally ripe rotten or withered away so the harvest of the earth is ripe shows us that god will withhold his judgment until the last minute when his judgment falls the church will have been raptured most of the tribulation saints and jews will have been killed and the world will be totally corrupt withered and ripe ready for god to harvest and no one will be able to say jesus acted too soon because god will avenge the earth right here in this moment in fact remember the tribulation saints said god when will you avenge us in revelation 6 and god said wait a little longer now god is avenging this is not a harvest like a good harvest this is a harvest of the judgment of god where god will swing a sickle and he will throw those rotten fruit or rotten branches into the fire and those that are have been withered away revelation 14 16. So he who sat on the cloud thrust his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. So Jesus swings it over the earth and the earth was weeped. Many of the unbelievers that tried to hide and run, remember, they say, who can escape the wrath of the lamb? They tell the mountains to fall on them. They will not get away. God will harvest every single one of them. Um, It will be too late for them. They will find their place in the everlasting fire. Revelation 14, 17. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, also having a sharp sickle. So this angel comes directly from the presence of God with a sharp sickle, just like the one Jesus had. Verse 18, and another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire, and he cried out with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, her grapes are fully ripe. So another angel comes forth with the sickle, another angel comes forth out of the temple, and all of a sudden tells the first or the angel that came out before it. It's time now to harvest the earth. The earth is ripe. The vine of the earth, her grapes are fully ripe. This is where God's, this is what the answer to the prayer of the tribulation saints where God is going to harvest the earth. The clusters of grapes will be the first or will be the fruit of the earth or those nations who follow the antichrist. So this indicates two things, that God will eventually answer the prayers of those that said, God, when we avenge us and the wickedness of the earth will be great. But these vines or this grapes, clusters of grape represent those who followed the Antichrist and the One World Order and the One World System. God may not have answered the prayer right away, but this is God's answer to the prayer. God is going to harvest the earth. There's three harvests in Revelation: the harvest of the first fruits of the hundred and forty-four thousand. Revelation 14.4, the harvest of Jesus of the unbelievers. Revelation 14.14, and the harvest of the angels of the unbelievers. Revelation Revelation 14.18. Again, these are not good harvests where you're like, they're harvesting the world. These are the judgment of God and God harvesting unbelievers and throwing them in the fire. Revelation 14.19, so the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great wine press of the wrath of God. So the fifth angel uses his great sickle to gather the wicked nations of the earth, He'll cast them into the wine press of God's wrath and this is a symbol to try to help us what is understand what is going on now when farmers go into their vineyards to harvest grapes they throw the grapes into what's called a wine press and the wine press squeezes the juice out of them and in the process the grapes are practically destroyed so the same thing is going to happen to the to the wicked when the angel harvests the earth it'll be like grapes being squished in the wine press. That sickle is squashing basically humanity and out of their squashing will come what we're going to see in verse 20 Revelation 14:20. And the winepress was trampled outside the city and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridle for 1600 furlongs. Okay? So the angel puts people in the winepress of God's wrath and it's the blood is so deep that it's literally up to the horse's bridle. So this is a reference to the Battle of Armageddon. The white ripe grapes, which are wicked nations, will be trampled in the wine press of God's wrath. People will be crushed with fi- the fine brass of the feet of Jesus. And since the blood will rise as high as a horse's bridle, it'll go approximately 200 miles. We know that millions are going to die before this happens. God will use the preaching of the 144,000 Jews, the two witnesses, and the angels to try to warn people not to follow the antichrist but people will rebel they will not obey him and this will be the result think about this a horse's bridle how tall is that i don't know someone google it but it'll be as tall as a horse's bridle of blood about 200 miles of blood that deep. And this is all of those that were worshiping and serving the Antichrist. This will be a judgment upon them of God crushing them in the wrath of God. So recap is the 144,000 will stand with Jesus on Mount Zion. They will sing a new song. They will be redeemed from the earth as the first fruits. They've kept themselves pure through the tribulation. An angel will fly through the air, proclaiming the gospel to all the earth's inhabitants, warning them the hour of God's judgment is near. Again, giving God, giving god giving them more chance to repent the second angel will first begin to proclaim the end of babylon because she caused the nations to sin and to drink of her wine the third angel will all follow the first two and warn the people not to worship the antichrist and not to take his mark and then two harvests are going to occur the first one will be christ harvesting the earth the second will be an angel throwing the harvest into the wine press of god's wrath so many believe, people believe christ harvests the people and then the angel takes them and throws them in the wine press of god's wrath and many of you are asking what does this look like what is that like like we don't know guys what these all look like we just are b- breaking down the best that we can, what the text gives us. Again, John is describing something that he is seeing in these times. So the way that it happens is not exactly the way John is describing it. A lot of it is not only symbolism, but is John trying to describe millions of people dying? How does John describe it? John says an angel basically harvests or kills throws these people into a wine press of God's wrath, and it looks like throwing grapes into a wine press, and the blood is 200 miles long, and it's up to a horse's... Um... Uh... What did i say bridal so it's up to that that's high this is john describing those things absolutely horrific these are the last days that we need to be aware of we need to continue friend to preach to our friend to preach to our family so they don't live through these horrific times but right now we're at the end of those two chapters we're an hour and 16 minutes in so we're not going to go into the next chapter we will next week but let us pray father we ask you tonight over every single person that is watching over every single person that is listening lord as your word says give us ears to hear what you're saying give us eyes to see what you're saying God let us not be fooled by what is happening let us not be unaware of by what is happening God but let us be spiritually aware of these last days Lord of what's happening around us let us not ever give in to this antichrist system that is being established even now father I just pray those that have feared that you would break the spirit of fear I pray Lord that you would give us an urgency to preach to our friends and family I pray that you would give us an urgency to preach your gospel an urgency to pray for the sick an urgency to do deliverance an urgency to get in the place of prayer Lord I pray that we would not be asleep that right now God is opening up someone's eyes God is opening up someone's ears God is making someone aware that Jesus is coming back that friend you don't have time that this could be the last message that you ever hear this could be the last broadcast that you're ever in there is a real man coming back for his church i pray father for those that think they have time that you would reveal to them that they do not have time to play church come on right now is the time to repent if you're not right with god if there's sin in your life you need to get right before you get left now is the time to say lord i turn to you lord i repent father i need you i need your anointing i need your holy spirit I need breakthrough in my life now's the day now's the time of salvation father do it only you can do tonight I pray Lord that you would heal I pray that you would deliver I pray Lord that this word would not fall on bad ground but it would fall in good soil and it would reap a harvest your word says that if we preach the book of Revelation if we read the book of Revelation that there is a blessing and father I pray that you release blessing over the chat here over every person the 4000 watching I pray Lord that you would release supernatural breakthrough, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would heal them, that you would deliver them in Jesus mighty name. Father, do it only you can do tonight. God, we trust in you we believe in you God I pray for those of you that have real bad fear of what's happening in the times right now we're living in the last days I pray that the Lord would break the spirit of fear that you have nothing to be afraid of that you're on the winning side that you're on the winning team and that you don't have to be afraid in Jesus name father we pray break the spirit of fear break the power of fear the devil is a liar Satan you have no power we command the spirit of fear to go in Jesus name fear you have no power anxiety you must go in Jesus name fear you must go in Jesus name the Lord rebukes you Satan come up and off of these people in Jesus mighty name we just pray the power of God we pray the fire of God we pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit over every single person watching every person listening father I pray over those that have prodigal daughters prodigal sons that the prodigals would come home in Jesus name the prodigals would come home in Jesus name father those that have their fire dying. This is not the time to be sleeping everything you're seeing on the news everything happening around you is all signs of the times not a time to be sleeping father wake them up tonight in jesus name wake them up tonight in jesus name father i want to know you i want to serve you come on right now tell them lord use me Uh, the time is short y'all the time is short we not might not be in the last days but you are in your last days every breath you take is a breath closer to standing before god on judgment day this is a real thing friend You need the fear of the Lord. Stop living your life like you have time to waste. Now, if you are on movies, hours a day, video games, hours a day, just doing nothing for God. You do not believe you're in the last days. You do not believe life is short. And I want to tell you, you don't have the luxury to just sit around day in and day out doing nothing. Get involved. How do I get involved? Get involved in your church, get involved in the prayer meeting, get involved in a ministry, start something, start preaching on TikTok, on Instagram and you do something, but don't sit back. And think you have all this time in the world because time is short you don't have time father I pray that you'd use these people that you'd give them strategies that you'd give them ideas that you'd help them God help them father to be bold for you help them God to be utilized for your kingdom God give them dreams and visions father heal them in their body father we pray supernatural healing in Jesus name supernatural protection in Jesus name right now Holy Spirit have your way heal bodies right now in Jesus name I pray deliverance over every person listening, God. I pray you would deliver them. I pray you would restore them. We command every unclean spirit to come out in Jesus' name. You are evicted. You are illegal. We break your power, Satan. You must go in Jesus' mighty name. You must go in Jesus' mighty name. Father, restore, restore, renew, heal in Jesus' mighty name, God. Do what only you can do, I pray tonight. Father, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Do what only you can do touch your people in these last days God Lord I pray that you would help us give us strength to know you give us strength God give us hunger supernatural hunger father we pray in Jesus name bring healing I see you bro ASAP father bring healing over his heart right now in Jesus name bring healing right now in Jesus name hearts be restored minds be restored bodies be restored be renewed and be healed in Jesus mighty name God have your way father have your way father break confusion break confusion and fear and paranoia that's happening right now i pray that you would break it right now in jesus name and that you would just bring salvation you'd bring breakthrough and you would bring healing thank you lord thank you lord tonight guys if you were blessed